0: Welcome back, everyone, to another Eats Beat podcast, the 200th, and working on our 10th year. I'm Bud Kennedy. And Steve Wilson. You know, in 10 years of Eats Beat podcast, we've talked about food all over Dallas-Fort Worth. We've we've seen the Fort Worth restaurant market grow. You know, one of the early podcasts, one of the oldest online, we were begging people to go eat the restaurants in this place called the stockyards that just didn't have any business out there so you know, we've seen all the markets in fort worth grow we've seen clear fork we've seen uh, the medical district west seventh we've seen the restaurant business grow and over 10 years you know a couple of you know one of the people who's been most involved in building restaurants and growing restaurants in fort worth is our guest today uh fort worth craft barbecue king travis heim travis
1: good to have you that's uh quite a title i don't know if i've I've earned that, but I really uh, appreciate y'all having me.
0: Well, you know, it's tough to call you the craft barbecue gang with five restaurants, but, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, the the craft barbecue is something, the guys who win the craft barbecue prizes all work one or two days a week and and (laughs) sell out, they sell out and go home and they're on the golf course by three and. You know, that you're sounds out- much better. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you're that's out how there. He, started. He, he did that. I mean, yeah, look, look at that. <laughs> oh, no, he, he did that too.
0: That's, that's, uh, and that was when, when Travis did you start? That was your truck in.
1: Yeah, about- we started, we opened the food truck February of 2015. 2015 over mm-hmm.
0: on Hattie uh, off the South Freeway, and it was the Heim barbecue food truck, and it was Fort Worth's first craft barbecue kind of experience. And I remember seeing people lined up. I remember driving on I-35 and seeing the line that stretched down Hattie onto the
1: bridge over the freeway to get on pretty, barbecue. Pretty amazing. We'd have people that would show up as early as six, seven in the morning. And I'd tell them to go home, you know, like you're you're here way too early, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. There's a lot of stuff that, that we miss from those days, but, uh, you know, it's 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 uh, another just different sort of problems and fun experiences we're doing now. So,
0: well, it's fantastic you to join us for the celebration. We need to start out by saying that uh, Heim Barbecue now has restaurants on West Mo- West Magnolia in Fort Worth, eleven oh nine West Magnolia, and on uh, White Settlement Road in the River District in West Fort Worth, and also uh, in Dallas on Mockingbird Lane near Love Field, and it has restaurants under construction in uh, Old Town Burleson, and in Hudson Oaks. Did I cover them all? Is there another new one I didn't cover? Uh,
1: as far as I know, yeah. I think that's <laughs> that's everything we got going now, but yeah, it's it uh, pretty cool. It all started from this. It all started from <laughs> yeah. the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: at, at the time, you know, to Travis, the, the people who meant the most to restaurants in Fort Worth the last 10 years have been, you, know, you and John Minnell and Tim Love, and When you started out, I mean, Tim Love was the big dog and you were the little guy with the truck, you know, and now you're kind of one of the big dogs. Uh, How did you grow from the truck business to being a uh, five unit success?
1: Uh, Wow. Well, first of all, to be included with those two guys is, uh, I don't know, unwarranted. Maybe I, I, uh, I think they've done done a lot more than we have, but we. I don't know. We we when we opened the food truck, we had a hundred dollars in our bank account. It was my wife and I, and we were just kind of going for a dream. And I had cooked barbecue with uh, some some really talented people in Austin, and kind of learned a lot of the craft sort of uh, scene and saw what was going on there. Saw places like Pecan Lodge in Dallas, and uh, we just had an opportunity and went for it and it wasn't really a great plan, you know, it's not like we had a business plan or any sort of real idea of, uh, of how to make things work. And then I think over time it's, it's from, you know, seeing that photo is really interesting uh, just cause it brings back a ton of memories, but you know, the last uh, seven years or however long it's been um, it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think the goal was always, you know, even in the food truck, how can we serve our customers, give them a great experience as far as the food, but also a fun atmosphere. And when we had an opportunity to open a restaurant, we basically took like, okay, what are all the positives of that? Um, what are the negatives, people standing in line for three hours, you know, that drove me crazy. And was not something that uh, we felt, you know, was sustainable. And so we've tried to just kind of build organically and, you know, having these these opportunities to open uh, a few more stores has just really been, you know, is it an area like Burleson or an area like Hudson Oaks um, where we feel like there's an opportunity, people want our food, but also we can be a part of that community and not just like in a strip mall somewhere, something like that. So I'm really proud of our team. At this point, we have about 160, 165 employees um, which is completely different than I think in that photo that, that, that Steve showed. We had one employee, Rowdy, uh, who was our, our baker slash pitmaster uh, extraordinaire. So uh, it's really, really cool to see. But to answer your question, I don't know how we've done it. We're just kind of taking it day by day. Steve, cool. you saw
0: the craft barbecue uh, scene explode here. Well, I was
2: wondering how he, uh, came up with these, uh, bacon burn ins, Cause that seems to be something that seemed to, I think that was one of the first things that seemed to really put you on the map there.
1: Yeah, that was big. I, we, we did. So the full story, um, is we did, I guess what you could call pop-ups. It wasn't really even thought out of uh, as pop-ups. This would have been 2013 maybe where, um, I'd always wanted to do barbecue and was interested in barbecue and uh, was broke. So it's like, you know, there's no way that could open a restaurant or do anything. And so I got a smoker from my uncle Roger in East Texas uh, that he weld, he would weld a bunch of different smokers and stuff. And uh, he just gave it to me. And so we, we brought it back to Fort Worth and, started cooking on it and then realized this is completely impractical to cook for two people. So we started throwing parties and we called it meat club. It was T and E meat club. My wife's name is Emma. And it was as simple as a, an excuse for me to cook a bunch of barbecue. We'd have somebody play guitar, have a bunch of cold beer and just throw a party. And it's like, you know, like uh old school uh, revival tent. Everyone just throws some money in the hat and that's how we paid for it. So it started with that. We did an event where um, I was just being really obnoxious. And I said, every single menu item uh, is going to have bacon in it. So we did like four or five courses, and even the dessert had bacon. And so the idea was, let's take and make our own bacon, you know, out of pork belly slabs, cold smoke it, cure it, do the whole thing. But the idea really came from Kansas City-style burn-ins, which is where they'll take a brisket kind of halfway through the cook process, uh, slice it in half, take the fatty in, cube that, put some more sauce on it, some more rub, and then uh, toss it back in the smoker. Um, So it looks like that photo basically just out of brisket. But um, to me, you know, it's a little bit sacrilege to do that to a brisket, right? I mean, we're like a... I'm a sixth-generation Texan, so we're not we're not putting sauce and tossing it and doing all that. So what if we took a slab of bacon and did kind of a similar technique to a Kansas city burn end? And that's where it started. And so we did that. That was the first course in, uh one of our meat club events. And that's all everyone ate. Like the, all the entire rest of the meal was not eaten because everyone was so full from the burn ends and we took it to like church the next day and just gave it all out. But that was, it was a moment of like, this is really cool. And I thought, you know, I thought it would, people would be interested in it. And it was insanity. People were really excited. So it was like, well, if we ever open a food truck or we ever, you know, get lucky, maybe we'll put that on the menu. So that was on the menu day one at um, Hattie Street at the food truck. And people were like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> had no idea what a, a bacon burn in. But yeah, people love them now. And
0: it really drew attention the for- first. What's you and Emma's background? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you eat barbecue growing up? What were the early influences on you?
1: Yeah, so I grew up, uh, I'm born and raised in Fort Worth. I grew up, my my parents' first house was actually on uh, Fairmount in the uh, Fairmount neighborhood, just right behind our Magnolia store. And then we moved over to kind of Ridgely area. Um, So I've been in Fort Worth my whole life. Uh, Emma was born in California, but then they moved, her and her family to kind of East Fort Worth area when they were younger. Um, So, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I feel like I I get offended. I think at times when people are like, oh, this new barbecue boom and all this stuff. I really feel like Fort Worth has had great barbecue for a long time. It just maybe wasn't, you know, recognized as such or didn't get the media credit. But I, you know, I have memories of going to uh, Angelos. My grandfather was a, a diehard Angelos fan. Uh, We go to Railhead, of course, um, you know, Risky's, even Bailey's downtown, you know, I I have very fond memories, I guess, of of all that stuff. And so I think that's something too, I try to, you know, think about is, I guess I can get maybe too annoying about it, but, you know, thinking about the history and thinking about, um, you know, just what Texas barbecue is and what it means to me. And then how we play a role in that, you know, we want to, do new stuff and do creative stuff, but we always want to, you know, have reverence and give respect to the the guys that have done it, did it for a long time before we did. What inspired you to get started
0: with uh, craft barbecue? You said you'd been in Austin kicking around?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's weird to say now, because I guess, you know, people really like barbecue, and it's kind of become this thing. But, like, the first brisket I cooked, I was 12 years old. And my grandfather had an old uh, like Oklahoma Joe or whatever they call it, like steel offset smoker. And um, it mainly came from just kind of wanting to emulate him. He would cook ribs all the time. Anytime there was a big family function, my uncle who we got the smoker from in East Texas, they would cook all the time. Had some great, great old stories about, um, about him and cooking in East Texas. And, uh, so it's kind of around it. No, nobody did anything professionally. My mother's a phenomenal cook and, and works with us now. And my grandmother, the same, just great, uh, a home cook. So it was always kind of around cooking and really, really liked that. And then I think just being able to cook barbecue at a young age, it was like, you can play with fire and mess with knives. And, you know, it, it really interested me and then just kind of became quickly became an obsession, you know, and then in college, we would uh, save up enough money for a 30 pack of beer and a brisket or, you know, a couple racks of ribs to, to cook on the weekend. And, and uh, you know, really, I guess the first smoker I got um, was a old, a smoky mountain that my in-laws bought for me. And um, that was when Emma and I were, you know, just dead broke living in Tyler, Texas. And I'd be like, Hey, uh, I'm going to cook a brisket. And, you know, it, it I felt like I learned a lot of, uh, a lot of patience, but also just the amount of pressure when you realize like, okay, I'm going to cook this brisket and we're going to have to eat it for the next week and a half. Cause we can't afford any other food. And it makes you learn how to cook brisket, you know, pretty quickly, I guess. So, um, I've just, I've just always been around it and interested in it. And then I think, you know, timing it's, uh, you know, God thing or whatever, but I met a bunch of the guys in Austin, uh, John Lewis specifically, who was at Franklin and then law barbecue and then Aaron Franklin and, you know, kind of did a bunch of different events with them and, and learned the food truck uh, you know, more high volume style cooking and uh, learned a lot. And so we actually thought about moving to Austin um, to cook down there at a couple places. And then I found the food truck for lease on Hattie Street on Craigslist. I was looking up propane tanks on Craigslist to try to build another smoker to have enough uh, space for our meat club events. And then I saw that the the, uh, the bar that was there at the time had this food truck for lease. So we literally spent all the money we had on a deposit and pulled our smoker up, parked behind it, and and opened up
2: it's How many days was that? It seemed like there was just certain days you could go there to get your barbecue back then.
1: Yeah, I think we started when, when we first started, we, we only did like Wednesday and Saturday, which was only like a week or two. And that was because uh, I, I had a job working for a, a oil and gas company in town and it had gotten laid off. So I kind of, we just went for it. My wife really talked me into it. I, I got cold feet. And she was like, this is your dream. You just need to, you know, go for it. We'll figure it out. So she said that knowing that, you know, we only had one car and then she was working for a different oil and gas company full-time still when we opened the food truck. So she would come and cashier when she got off work and then Saturdays she was off. And so she would cashier. And then I think about two weeks in is when we went to uh, Friday, Saturday, friday saturday sunday i think at the peak we only did three days a week and it still was you know 90 hour weeks just absolute insanity um so yeah but it was fun i mean it it was cooking all day i was there at the food truck you know just about 24 hours a lot of times i'd sleep in the bar after they closed or we had a, a minivan that i would go and try to get some rest in and then be back open uh, or be back awake at 4.35 to get all our ribs, bacon burn-ins, all of the morning stuff on.
0: And we should mention now that you're open seven days a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner on Magnolia in the Medical District, and then six days a week, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and the River District and in Dallas. Do I have that right?
1: Uh, Dallas is is seven days a week. Dallas yeah, is seven River days a River so District, yes. Yeah, River District close, uh, closed Mondays.
0: Monday, so mm-hmm. open breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. If you have to go to Dallas, if you have a trip, if you have a doctor's visit or something off a of Mockingbird or Inwood, it's not far to go to Heim and the, uh, you know, so Heim by Love Field is seven days breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Go on your way to and from the airport, and uh, of course, the one the Medical District is close and convenient for everybody. Uh, Steve, do you remember early Heim? I you know the early I... Heim, the bacon burnt ins were a phenomenon, and <laughs> and the brisket has gotten better over the years. But what yeah, do you I remember? Heard.
2: Yeah, I remember early high, and I remember when they finally, you know, I was really excited when they were opening up their first restaurant, and it was going to be open seven days a week, you know, because I was going, because it was like, you had to time it out like Wednesday, I'd see it, I maybe I can get there on Wednesday, but there's already a line wrapping around, so I'm going like, and then it seemed like y'all opened up, and y'all went like gangbusters for like five or six days, and all of a sudden, y'all, it was like, y'all had to take a break. Yeah. (laughs) because yeah. it, like, it was so popular and you're trying you're i think you went through all the meat or whatever it just wasn't planning for such a deal or or i don't know if it was like uh you know you just haven't done you see you we're doing it only like three days a week and now we're having to do seven but uh but but yeah i was real excited that y'all went the uh, that way and you started <laughs> doing things like uh corny dogs and,
0: and, and uh, corny yeah. dogs and hamburgers yeah. Yeah, yeah, hamburgers yeah. are really the big th- one. I like best, corny dogs, you know, so. The the most, the the fanciest and best corny dog in town. And that used to be a one night a week thing, and now it's a, a a. I guess it's a craft corny dog. It's a gourmet corny dog for sure. Uh, you know, made guess, with the yeah. made with a sausage, um, made with your is that your uh, recipe sausage? It's not a. It's, it's a. It's a Heim sausage corny dog, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. We, we offer them with uh, 44 Farms hot dogs uh, or you can get them with any one of our sausages. So we do a it's kind of like a kielbasa style, um, a jalapeno cheddar and then a pepper jack that has a little bit of chipotle, too. Um, and that was just a goofy thing. Like it was I think we started it. It was the state fair and we were busy working and so we couldn't go to the state fair. So I just thought. I personally wanted a corny dog. And so we <laughs> just made a corny dog and I told him about it and I was like, I want to do this special. And she was like, this is so stupid. You know, we're not going to sell anything. <laughs> and I think we sold, we, we sold something like 200 corn dogs uh, the first day. So we oh, use, nice. we use uh, uh, we make the batter ourselves and we use uh Billy Jenkins uh, beer, which is a local beer made at Wild Acre in the batter. So, It's a little, little fancy, you know, I I ran a, I ran
0: a, I ran a photo that day and everybody called after that and emailed Mm -hmm. and said, what are they having corny dogs again? And it
1: was just, you know,
0: it was, it was something different and a big hit. It was something different from a big barbecue plate. Well, everybody knows about your brisket, ribs, sausage. Uh, You actually have a new meat item to talk about. So uh, Travis, you've given in, tell us what's new on the menu.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like at this point, it's, uh, you, you, you're trying to get creative, you know, uh, just anything to offer, you know, some affordable options the way that the meat is now. So, um, we're doing some, some smoked chickens, some half smoked chickens, and, uh, that comes with the side and those have been really good. Uh, people really enjoyed it. I've been anti-chicken, uh, for a long time, just cause I feel like they, they don't hold well. And so it's something where, we got it we're taking it off you know right before service uh, for lunch to make sure it's it's as good as possible and the skin is crispy how we want um, we we take those and brine them overnight and um, it's mainly just a basic brine but it has some herbs and, and some citrus and then we actually inject uh, the chickens too with that brine uh, before we smoke them so it's this really kind of juicy um, you know chicken it's got some good smoke and then Uh, hopefully the skin's you know a little crispy on the outside you know we're doing the burgers i'm sorry go ahead
0: this is where steve's supposed to put up a photo of the chicken but he appears to have (laughs) lost his signal there for a second so uh, what's nice is the chicken you got a half chicken and you get one of the sides for uh you know sixteen dollars or something like that sixteen seventeen dollars and it's a half chicken you can really split it i mean it's really enough food for two even though it's a it's a one dinner And, and so you can you know, you can really do well, and if you're if you're not eating brisket that day, then you can have the chicken. You were talking about
1: the Absolutely. burgers, and the
0: burgers have become a big hit too.
1: I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, we we sell a ton of burgers, and that was another thing where we started out uh, at Magnolia. We only did it on on Mondays, and it was a way of like, okay, Mondays are a little slower. You know, we have we had a, a 24 inch flat top, so it was a pretty pretty small flat top for for burgers and we did a mondays and then it just blew up uh, you were a part of that because you put anytime you post anything then it blows up so then people were coming in every day asking for burgers so we switched and got a um i think a 60 inch flat top It's just an absolute gigantic flat top that magnolian went with those uh every day and then now we have them at, at all the stores um you know every day but Um, it started out as just kind of like a specialty thing. And then one of the reasons too, we have in the burgers, we use a a 44 farms ground beef, which is really great stuff, but we mix our smoked brisket into the patties. So it's not a, I wouldn't call it a smash burger, but it's, you know, hopefully has kind of a harder sear on it. Um, two thin patties, and then you get some of those pieces of of brisket and stuff here, there, and a lot of times that's um, from leftover brisket. So it's the same thing with our potato skins, as much as possible, we try to eliminate waste. You know, we don't want to overcook. We never want to reserve anything. That's not a hundred percent quality. So it started out of that of like, okay, what's something that we can do with this leftover brisket that also is still going to be really good that, that we think is up to our standards and people love them and people have wanted us to do a burger place forever. And, that sounds a lot better than barbecue right now, but I don't know if we'll ever pull the trigger on it.
0: You, you really have uh, built a reputation for sides, too. And the craft barbecue places in Austin, you know, started out with a reputation for not just, uh, you know, carefully you know tended brisket, but also for having some special twist to the sides and some, you know, homemade sides. But, you know, I, I don't want you to spend a long time talking about your, your sides, but just mention what people – Like the most, and some of those are family recipes, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, just about everything on our menu is either uh, my recipe, my mother's, or my wife, uh, Emma, so things like the um, loaded baked potato salad, um, which is our potato salad's a little different, it's got a sour cream base, bacon, cheese, uh, green onions, Uh, now, you know, places all over the state are doing that and doing a similar thing, and so just everything on our menu is... Is scratch made um, from, from some of our recipes. And there's a few places, you know, like slow bone in Dallas is a place where they have just absolutely incredible sides. Um, there's a few places in Austin, like you were mentioning, where I think that changed. Cause I work for guys that were like, I don't care about sides and yeah. literally buy Cisco potato salad and throw it on the thing. And, you know, it's just about the meat. That's all that matters. And I think, that's been something that's really cool probably the last 5 years i guess where um you know you see you see places making their own bread their own pickles i mean every part of you know what's going on is is bought uh, out and i think it's cool i think it's kind of elevated you know barbecue quite a bit to where
0: well that, it's, that's the uh, the other night i ordered a chicken dinner and, and told my wife what i ordered and she said well You know, get some slaw, and then she said, "Well, get some potato salad," and then (laughs) then she said, "Well, now you know, don't forget the banana pudding." You know, so it was like you know, stack up the sides along with it because all the sides are good.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we serve eight ounce uh, portions on the sides, which a lot of places do do smaller. But I've always felt like you know, it's it's like our sandwiches. Our sandwiches are way too big. But I want you to be able to come in, and if you want a sandwich, you know, you can get a meal out of a sandwich and. And most of the time, if it's a couple, then they'll just share one side. Or you know, it's 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 too much food. But
0: how much of a test has it been expanding and growing the way you have, and and uh, you know, serving so many hours, so many places?
1: It's it's difficult, and we kind of knew that going into it. We got a, a taste of it when we opened the second store. I mean, that was really, I think, where. We had some hiccups early on, in my opinion, um, where I thought, you know, the, the barbecue could have been better. Um, we do a lot of things like like on the sides. We have a commissary kitchen office, which is where I'm at right now in White Settlement. And uh, pretty much all of our sides are made here, prepped here. And then those get sent to the restaurant. So things like the cheese sauce for the mac and cheese, um, the potato salad, they like mix on site, but they, they make everything here. So there's a few things that we've done like that where we know who made it, when they made it. We know the quality, um, when it's gone out. And so that's helpful, but the hard part is barbecue. You know, we cook the barbecue on site at every restaurant. And so we've had a lot of success where we have really, really strong people in the smokehouse guys that I consider, you know, some of the best pit masters in Texas. <laughs> we have a guy, uh, Jesus Martinez, who's our head pitmaster. He's been with us since uh, Magnolia for a long time. And it, at the end of the day, they just really care about what they do. So there's things where there's technique, there's pro- policies, procedures, um, everything for how we do it. And that's uniform across the board. But at the end of the day, it's, it's people and having the right people that really, really care and, and work hard. I think that has led to, to the consistency and us being able to expand and grow because without that, you know, it, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be able to.
0: Steve, we talked about the chicken while you were gone. You want to show the chicken <laughs> and then ask about the margaritas?
1: Sure. Yeah. So there's here. that chicken we talked right. about. Beautiful.
2: So how long have you been doing the chicken?
1: We started it uh, not that long ago, I guess a few months back. and And like we were saying, it was really just an idea of what are some more affordable options we can do. I mean, the way that, the brisket prices where you're like asking a family of four to take out a second mortgage to come and eat at your restaurant. It's just, uh, it's ridiculous. And so I think, you know, having the burgers, having, you know, even salads and, and different options with chicken and stuff. We wanted to, to be able to, you know, have some things where, okay, this isn't a once a week meal. You know, I can come in and, and have a lunch or, or something and, uh, not pay an arm and a leg. So you had the corny dogs <laughs> the corny dog, yeah we do two dollar corn dogs every Tuesday right, and I, I, get, that with, get that with a margarita yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this will help a lot <laughs> yeah yeah these are I mean we're doing five dollar margaritas and we're doing uh, and that's every Thursday at the stores and then we do uh, two dollar corn dogs on Tuesday that I lose money on so I need to I need to cut that out but that's all started from like COVID, you know, just stuff of like, okay, thinking how can we, how can we bring people in? How can we, you know, give some options, uh, you know, to, to do it. And it's been good. Those are our rubs. So we're working with, uh, we have all of our rubs and sauces available for, for sale in the restaurants on our website and at uh, Bucky's uh, I think something like 15 Bucky's uh, locations. And then we're in talks, with Central Market about getting those and our sausages uh, to retail sausages there, so I'm hoping we can pull that off uh, soon. But you know that'll be cool. Speaking that, of COVID, you know, that
0: that was speaking of COVID. That was one of the lessons from COVID was the uh, the Heim family pack and being able to order the family pack and uh, go around the back of the Magnolia store and pick it up the window. Uh, you didn't have to wait in line. You didn't really have to go inside, except to the window, and uh, take home, uh, uh, you know, a good family pack of dinner that would feed a lot of people, or feed people over a couple of nights. You'd get a whole bag full of barbecue, and uh, so the, the family pack and uh, the takeout service. Uh, if you don't want to wait in line, or if you think there's a long line, just go around the back. There's a takeout window there if you order ahead. So
1: it worked. Do you have a takeout
0: window in Dallas? I'd
1: No, we don't. We have like a separate um, uh, POS, you know, uh, cashier thing where you can walk up and do it. But um, And then two we have on our website, HeimBBQ.com. you can pre-order. That's better for uh, bigger orders, big to-go orders, but then we're working on a system now uh, for online ordering. So I'm hoping to to have that up and running in the next couple of months where you just want to come in and get, you know, lunch real quick. Um, you can do that. So we're trying to trying to make it a lot easier, offer delivery. We haven't really done that in the past, uh, but do some, some different stuff too to, to just make it easier to to get the barbecue.
0: Where are you at on Old Town Burleson and Hudson Oaks? And what's the next location food item? What's the next new?
1: Uh, well, as you know, uh, things are slow everywhere. And so Burleson uh, specifically is... It's taken a lot more time than we like, but it's still um, still full steam ahead. And actually, all of our all of our plans and everything for the restaurant are done. I think we're waiting on uh, they should be pouring a slab soon. And uh, the whole thing is a developer is building that building for us, and then we'll take it over and do our build out. Um, so once that happens, then you know it, it shouldn't take us too long. So we'll see. But they're building a whole you know, big uh, center there next to old town in front of city hall. There's a big park area right in front of like where our front door is. So you are going to have, you know, farmer's markets, big concerts, all sorts of stuff. We'll have a a rooftop bar, second story bar, which will have a stage for live music. Um, So it's really, really going to be incredible, but um, slowly everything is slowly. And then Hudson Oaks is great. We got approval. Uh, yesterday, I think for an easement change, which is not that important, but it's important for the construction process. So, um, we're working with, with, uh, ID studio four out of Dallas, some great architects and that, that spot in Hudson Oaks will be a lot like the river uh, location where it's about 6,000 ish feet, uh, inside and then big patio, big outdoor area stage for live music uh, it's kind of right off of the highway, uh, just a little bit west of of the HEB and everything out there. Um, but it'll have a ton of parking. I mean, it's that's the thing is I feel like every location we open, we're like, okay, we could do this a little bit better. <laughs> Let's tweak this, and and so we're we're really excited about that. And then uh, I have no other plans. I, I mean, we're, we I barely have enough time as it is to to see my daughter and my wife, so. I don't want to open any more restaurants anytime soon, which I probably shouldn't say, but but that's how I feel.
2: Well, let's see. I had one more question about these rubs that bacon burn in or the burn in dry rub. Does it have like a bacon burn in recipe on the back?
1: No, it should. We did. uh, We did actually a video with uh, my friend, uh, Matt Pittman of meat church. And, Uh uh, He's got a huge, huge YouTube following and uh, does, sells rubs and stuff. And so we actually did – I've done a bunch of different videos and TV shows, and I've never really, like, actually shown how we did it. And uh, with Matt, we did a, a detailed video where uh, that is literally the exact rub that we use for burn-ins and for our pork ribs in the restaurant's uh, selective seasonings, in, in Fort Worth makes it for us um and then they bottle it for us and then the the beef rub is our brisket rub we put that on our brisket and uh also on our beef ribs um and then the sauce is obviously the same so if you watch the video you buy the rub uh, I'm not going to tell you it's going to be perfect but I think you, know, you could get pretty close maybe <laughs> well, what, what what do you use <laughs> yeah yeah we we use oak but it's mainly all oak and sometimes there's some pecan mixed in but uh you yeah, know that depends on on the wood guy, uh-huh. Travis.
0: Do you think Do you think Fort Worth is reaching any sort of barbecue oversaturation? Do we, I, somebody asked me the other day, what are some neighborhoods that still don't have a barbecue place? And I gave them really a pretty good list. I mean Lake Worth and you know TCU. And, and I guess Danes will take care of that some, but you know there are right. quite a few parts of town that don't don't have a neighborhood barbecue place right now. Do you think we're getting anywhere close to Overbuilt on barbecue.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I wouldn't say yet. I don't. I don't. I guess I would compare. It's not like Austin. I think Austin is, which I probably shouldn't say that, but it's like it, there's a lot of places in a really kind of packed area that all kind of do the same thing. I think what is really cool about the Fort Worth scene is, though, even though you know, like take where we are with Magnolia and then Panther City, you know, went into our old food truck. You have Bricks that's right up the road. You have Smokeaholics that's not far. Danes is, you know, kind of further west. Everybody has sort of their own thing, you know, Smokeaholics um, and his Soul BQ, you know, is really cool. A lot of unique stuff. Panther City, obviously, doing the Tex Mex um, type stuff. So I think it's, you know, and everybody kind of has their own hours, you know, it'd be one thing if everyone was on the same schedule, but I think it's unique to the point where if I really, you know, want a great brisket of lotes, I'm going to go to Panther city. If I really want, you know, Danes has really good sausage, homemade sausage. I think everybody kind of has their own thing, but I get asked, you know, every day by guys that want to do a food truck or want to open up. And I think, you know, the last thing, it, it was different when we opened a food truck cause there was nobody to compete with on, on that level and anywhere near where we are. But if you look at um, North Fort worth area, I think there's plenty of room out there. I think even, you know uh, I mean, look at the places we're opening Burleson, Hudson Oaks. Th- those are spots where I feel like you could open a barbecue place and, and be successful. Um, I think that's just the biggest thing. You've seen places that have opened that, you know, haven't really worked out. And it's because, you know, there's not really much they're doing that's different than, than other spots. So I think barbecue too. And, and bud, you may have an opinion on this. It's kind of like Tex-Mex in, in Fort Worth where most folks are eating Tex-Mex once a week, maybe. And they yeah. have like their favorite place, but then they also have three or four places that they also like going to this or that. I know that's how we are with, with uh, our favorites. So, I don't know if it, it can get too oversaturated, uh, you know, maybe it, it would take a lot, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about the the uh, the three basic food groups in Fort Worth that Jerry Fleming used to write about at the Star-Telegram 50, 60 years ago, that in Fort Worth, you had to stick to the three basic food groups, uh, barbecue chili and fried those are the three basic food <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. groups for fort Worth. and uh, you know in the old days people argued about whether sammy's was the was better than than uh, than uh angelo's and then along mm-hmm. came the railhead and, mm-hmm. and so but you know there's always been people have always had you know favorite barbecue places and some of them they like for the barbecue and some of them they like for the beer but it's right yeah yeah that's you have big different deal. different places that have different purposes. You talked about Northside. I thought I think that the whole Alliance Hasselett area is an area I point to that really needs a, a craft barbecue place or needs yeah. some sort of barbecue destination. You talked about Austin, the congestion. The thing is, in Austin, it takes 30 minutes to go to the barbecue place across yeah. town because of traffic. So they need more barbecue places that are little neighborhood places. I mean, here, people can go, you know, if they go over to River District, on Monday and it's closed, they can run over to Magnolia uh, in 12 minutes, and you know, not not really miss out. But mm-hmm. it's still pretty easy to get around here. Uh, yeah, we've talked about so many things. You have done such a great job when you first opened. I think I I, I don't remember if I actually told you, but you you open up and I, I said, well, you know, when he gets into a brick and mortar, you know, then we'll know he's really making it when he when he pays rent and gets a space. It's one thing when you're on a truck on wheels, and when he gets into a brick and mortar, then it'll be a big deal. Obviously, you're a very big deal. You know, congratulations on your success and uh, all your, uh, you know, all your growth and everything you've done here. Uh, DFW.com and the Star Telegram have been happy to be writing about Haim and covering Heim, uh for 10 years since the very beginning, and the pictures and videos, a lot of them by our predecessors here on the Eat Speak podcast, by Rick Press, by Robert Philpott, by the people who worked so hard to make this podcast a success. You know, that, that, uh, you know they, everything we've ever written or, or uh, published about Haim has been a big hit. So anyway, thank you for your great help. And uh, thank you, Steve, for making 200 podcasts possible. And thanks to everyone across Texas and around the world who listens to find out Uh, the the best restaurants in the metroplex thank you until next time i'm bud kennedy
2: and steve olson
0: thanks y'all